Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hey, survivors. Welcome back. Okay, I finally got my microphone working right again. I'm sorry it's probably been such bad sound for a long time. I think there's only been a few times I did it the right way because I found out that if I plug in my microphone before I open the program that records my voice, it actually doesn't use the microphone. And now I know that I have to open the program first and then plug in the microphone. But live and learn, right? So hopefully the sound is a little bit better today. I'm so excited because I've been wanting to do something new with this group, with kind of creating a group for us to be more connected. And I've been thinking about it for months, like what is the right thing to do? Where do I want to go next? What kind of support group could I create out of people that enjoy listening to this podcast? So this morning, I finally had a flash of inspiration and it felt completely perfect intuitively. And so I have created a weekly event that I'm going to try for at least two months. And if you want to participate and have some connection with me and anybody else that listens to this podcast, other survivors, then you can show up on Zoom on Tuesday nights from 8 to 8.30. This is Pacific time. And we're going to read from Melody Beatty's Language of Letting Go and have some time for each person to share what they think about the reading and to kind of talk about their life. So if you're interested in that, I put the information in the show notes of how to join my Facebook group. It's called Survivors of Trauma Unite. And then when you're in that group, you'll find the information to be part of the event. That's every Tuesday night from 8 to 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. All right. Well, I hope to see some people there. It'd be really fun to connect and get to know each other. I'm really wanting to create some kind of community where we can support each other and where we can talk about these things because not every person we know is is open to discussing these kind of topics. And I know that people that are interested in this podcast really like discussing real things and honest things and being truthful. So thanks for listening. And I love making this podcast and I just want to keep growing it and making it a place where people can feel comfortable and get to know each other and connect with others. All right, so today I talked to someone this morning and she opened up to me about how she was dealing with her ex-husband and they were dealing with some custody issues with her child. I think she has a son who's about five. And a bunch of details happened to where right now, even though she has, I think, full custody, somehow her son is living with the ex and he is a very challenging person. Maybe we could call that kind of person a narcissist. I'm not I'm gonna try not to label 
Um, but that type of person that isn't really looking out for the child, but is really looking out for themselves and what they want and is even trying to keep the child from the other parent, not because of thinking it's dangerous, but because of their own selfish needs. So I was talking to her today and I have been through a little bit of that with my ex and his type of behavior that is not healthy. And that's what I really wanted to talk to you all today about is how do we navigate a relationship that we have to be in after divorce? So if we didn't have children, then like with mine, I'm sure that I could have left the relationship, gotten divorced, and I kind of think I probably wouldn't have ever talked to him again. You know, that's what I like to think anyway. I really don't see that I would have been friends with him. You know, we weren't really friends kind of to begin with in a way, so I couldn't see that happening. But when you add children into the mix, we are then shackled to this other person for basically the rest of our life or the rest of that child's life. And I could have called this episode how to co-parent with a narcissist, but I don't like that term in regards to my own life. I don't feel like my my son's dad is a co-parent. He wants to use that word, but there have been a lot of times that he hasn't been around, that I've mostly raised our son on my own since he was three But in reality, before that, I was mostly raising him on my own. Even when I was living with my ex-husband and we had our child, he did his own thing most of the time. You know, he wasn't there to really do much. Sure, he changed some diapers here and there. Um, Sure, he maybe went to some family events and did some playing when it was in front of people. Um, Yeah, he did a little bit of that, maybe I'd say an hour a week, let's say. But if you're thinking about how many hours in the week, uh, that's not really enough. Um, And I don't really think an hour a week is worthy of someone saying that they're a co-parent. I mean, that's more like a babysitter. So I'm not going to use that word for this. I guess I'm just going to say our child's other parent. So the question is, when we go through these battles with the other parent, It is very, very challenging on many levels, right? Because we're dealing with our child that is the most important thing to us in the world. I mean, I know my son is so important to me and we don't want to ever see our child in pain. We don't want to ever think that they're with someone that doesn't put their needs first. And that is painful to think of them being with a person that can't put their needs first. And what kind of consequences might that be if they spend a lot of time with that person? It's very challenging. So the biggest piece of advice that I have learned in my life that I practice with my son's dad is that I have to be the bigger person. I have to pull up my big girl panties and show up as a mature adult. And believe me, I did not know how to do that um, in the first few years of my divorce and afterwards. I mean, I was trying my best, but I was very immature because I had never learned a lot of communication skills and how to put myself and my needs first. 
So therefore I was a little bit passive aggressive and I didn't, I didn't know where to put my anger that was appropriate. And I would kind of spin out of control if something happened, I'd get triggered and then I wouldn't be able to calm myself down. I didn't have a lot of tools or coping mechanisms and I would just get all whipped up when my son's dad would do something inappropriate or say something unkind or whatnot. Through the years, I have practiced and learned how to call friends, make connections with those people that really care about me. And I have certain friends that are willing to listen to me talk about my son's dad and who know the story and believe me that he is not a person that is all the time healthy. That's how I think of it. And then there's others who I can call and talk about different things or other friends that they don't want to hear about that. You know, for whatever reason, they're they're not open to hearing about that. So I have those people though that I can call and talk about it a little bit. Like I'm sure they wouldn't want me calling them every day, but once in a while if something happens, I call those people. I get the validation I need. I work on it with my therapist, of course, who validates me about it. And I get those needs met through journaling. I can journal my anger. Um, I can try to relieve my anger and my indignation in different ways. So that's really important. That's one piece of the puzzle. Then the other piece of the puzzle is that when I'm dealing with that person, I have to be really mature. So I have to pretend like none of this other anger is going on in a way. And I have to put my son's needs first. And his needs mean that I'm going to get along or not cause more controversy with this parent. And I'm just going to move forward to the best of my ability, and keep things peaceful. There are times that we can take a stand, but talking to that narcissistic person is just crazy making because it's never going to make sense to them. They're never going to change or come around. And I am pretty much 100% sure of this. Like of any other person that I'm dealing with, I pretty much know that my ex-husband is is not going to change. You know, I get that now. Thank goodness, because if I accept that fact that he is just going to do what he does, then I don't have to react to it as much. I can react to it, but hide it in front of him and I can go deal with those feelings at another time and place. So a little situation happened a couple weeks ago where I was at a parent teacher conference and my son is in fourth grade. And this is the first time that his dad has shown up to a conference. And it was a little bit of a surprise that his dad came. And I am very proud of myself that I dealt with this way better than I ever would have in the past. And I was able to show up. And even though I had gotten triggered when I found out that he was going to be there, um, I dealt with it on my own. I asked my higher power for help. I knew just to keep my mouth shut and to let my son give his little conference. And it was like a child-led conference. So our son um, talked about how well he was doing in school and we listened. His his teacher was there, obviously, and then both the sets of parents on, on Zoom. And that was a challenge for me because in that situation, to me, it feels like we're putting on this facade that 
this child has two doting sets of parents that I'm one parent and then this dad and his wife are the other sets of parents and there they are lovingly looking at him at this conference, which, you know, it's the first one he's ever been to. So that tells you a lot. But here's the thing is I knew that it wasn't my place to say anything like that. Like hopefully even the old me wouldn't have mentioned that in the conference, but thank goodness I was mature enough to not have to make it about me. I didn't have to go to the conference to be like putting a jab into my ex-husband like, oh, well, this is the first conference you've ever been to. You know what? I didn't mention it. Um, I didn't talk about it at all. I tried to say pretty much nothing. I said something at the end about my son and his um, writing and, um, and I let it go, right? I didn't, it was very different than any other conference I've had with my son's teachers because normally it's me and my son and the teacher, right? And and since I'm a teacher in the same school district, I usually will mention that and, you know, I'll have a connection with the teacher, but not this time. You know, I didn't make it about myself. His teacher doesn't even know that I work as a teacher in the same district. Um, I've decided that it's not important for me to to toot my own horn or or whatever that is. Thank goodness I sat back and it was about my son and he loved the conference. He loved showing how he was doing and he felt really good about having both parents there and that's really what matters. And so pat on my back and I want to share that with you guys too because it's I have come such a long way because before that kind of thing would have really derailed me because it is kind of unfair. It's like my son lives with me most of the time. You know, his dad has taken him to school like two times in his whole life. And when has never worked with him on homework? Like, you know, it's like who has done all the work here? Me. But is that important when my son's giving the conference? No, it sure is not. And that's for me to tend to on my own in my own time. And it's none of my son's business or I don't want to make it my son's business because he doesn't deserve that. He deserves to feel that that's his time to shine and to look good in his dad's eyes. He doesn't want to hear anything negative about what I think about my ex-husband and I pretty much don't ever say it unless he asks something about it. I will not invalidate him. So if you're dealing with a really tough custody issue with a parent to your child, The only, only thing that worked for me was to try to stay mature, you know, get those feelings out elsewhere. And also, I had to find a way to believe that there was some reason in the world that this was happening and that it was for the greater good. And if I just trust that something good is going to come out of this, even though it feels so bad right now. I saw that happen more than once when I was dealing with these legal issues in my divorce. And they are, oh, they just rampage your life. It's so hard. And yet I got through them. And I've talked about this on a podcast, I think last March or something, I kind of told more of the story of the last time that I got sued by my ex-husband. And it was a challenging thing. But I feel like I triumphed because I brought my best self and I brought myself that believed that something 
positive was going to come out of it or that the universe had my back, that this was going to be okay, even if I didn't get what I wanted, that somehow I would pay the money that they wanted me to pay and I would survive. I had to come to acceptance of either outcome, any outcome of that court. And if I was in acceptance of that and just allowed for the fact that maybe God has a plan or maybe the universe does have my back and it just doesn't look like it sometimes. But I got through that and I can look back now and say, wow, I still don't know all the amazing effects of it, but I can say, wow, that was definitely God's handiwork working there. In some ways, my life had to change and maybe they are better. So I hope that helps you if you're going through a similar situation and have a great day, survivors. Bye-bye. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.com.